This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Honey. We should probably start out today's episode with some actual important news that somehow also changes absolutely nothing. The one thing that everyone in this country who hasn't been vaccinated yet was holding out for. The one thing that could finally change their minds and get them down to the local pharmacy or doctor's office to protect themselves for, you know, their health and, you know, to protect their loved ones. That finally happened. Yeah, so now the debate is the debate is done. It's done. We're all on the same page now. Yeah, the Pfizer vaccine officially received full FDA approval on Monday of this week. And, oh, what's that? Well, the people against receiving any of the vaccines don't care. And they were just using the lack of FDA approval as a talking point to justify their anti-vax stance. Who could have predicted this? Well, oh, wait, <laughs> us. We, we are very <laughs> shocked and appalled that someone would dare to make such an argument in bad faith. So, yeah, shocker, uh, FDA approval isn't the magic certification that vaccine holdouts were actually waiting for, and their goalposts will get moved every single time any of the reasons for their hesitancy are challenged or disproven. Meanwhile, many of those who do end up in the hospital after contracting COVID are demanding that doctors give them a drug made for deworming livestock. Yeah, that shit is catching on. In a big way, even among uh, a lot of people who I didn't necessarily respect, but still assumed knew better. Uh, the, the, what I think makes this in particular so popular so quickly is the seeds have already been planted. The, it, the it, We're talking about uh, Imervectin. Ivermectin. Ivermectin. Um, but it's, it's also like, um, you know, the vaccines are a preventative. Mm-hmm. They're a uh, prophylactic. The... What people are looking for in a last-ditch bit of desperation a cure. is a cure. Yeah. And so they're willing to believe anything as long as, you know what, why not just try it is, yeah. I think, the yeah. consensus. Because once you already are in the ICU and intubated, it's like, well, fucking, there's got to be something, right? Yeah, what's the harm? I mean, you could go blind for, like, an entire month, but... Uh, yeah. And the, the dosage, no one can agree on how much you're supposed to take and at what intervals or... You know, any of that. Well, yeah. Stuff, so but, one of the uh, biggest discrepancies here is that, like, um, th there is some truth that, uh, like, humans there there are human dosages of this stuff, and it's for like hair lice. Uh, but yeah. the stuff that people are are acquiring and taking is from uh, veterinarians yeah. and uh, like livestock. Some stores. people are convincing real doctors to prescribe uh, the drugs to them because doctors in this country, a lot of them, they'll kind of just sign off on anything. <laughs> I mean, there is human, yeah, human ivermectin for like skin rashes and. Yep. Stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it, I've seen a lot of screenshots this past week of, like, there's Facebook groups, because Facebook, of course, is just letting this shit run wild. And there's yeah. the people in there just, they can't agree on, like, how much of it to take, when you should take it, how long uh, you should wait, if you should wait till you're already sick or take it as a preventative. They just, they they are convinced that this is the wonder drug, but no one can agree on in what way it is the oh, wonder drug. Oh, and by the way, we should be very clear that this is not the wonder drug. No, there. <laughs> we talked about this previously, yeah. but uh, I mean, it's been shown in vitro, which means in a fucking test tube, it has been shown to uh, damage the... Uh, the the little spike, little spike, spike proteins, proteins of the the virus, which like demonstrating something in in vitro is a lot different than actually uh, demonstrating it in the human body. Yes. Um. Anyway, but like yeah, even if it even if it does eventually come out that ivermectin does have some uh, beneficial properties for COVID, the thing that's dangerous about it is that no one knows how much to take, uh, any possible interactions. 
all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and due to that, you have more potential of accidentally killing yourself with ivermectin than you have of dying of COVID when double vaxxed. Yes. Anyway, in just the past week or so, calls to poison control centers in states with historically low vaccination rates like Alabama and Mississippi have skyrocketed with local officials now pleading with their citizens not to take the drug, which cannot treat COVID and instead has a long list of side effects in humans like rash, nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, neurological disorders, and potentially severe hepatitis requiring hospitalization. Yeah, and as we all know, the hospitals are fully booked. So don't take this and then get severe hepatitis and have to come to the hospital. And apparently blindness. So one of, the, one of those Facebook screenshots I saw, it was, it was this woman, it was, it was hilarious. It was long, long paragraph, blah, 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 blah. And then like the last sentence is like, also how much longer is he gonna be blind? Yikes. And uh, yeah, that is one of the potential side effects is uh, temporary blindness. It's not permanent. Oh, well, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. Anyway, from an NPR report regarding the use of ivermectin in Mississippi, in a state with the nation's second lowest rate of vaccination against the coronavirus, a jump in the number of calls to poison control prompted an alert Friday from the Mississippi State Department of Health about ingesting the drug ivermectin. The department said that at least 70% of recent calls to the state poison control center were related to people who ingested a version of the drug that is formulated to treat parasites in cows and horses. It's horse paste. It's a big spike uh, in the- Tastes like apples. (laughs) It's delicious. Uh, Yeah, and the reporting from Alabama is like, in a typical year, they'll get like, Five or six uh, calls poison about control. It, and they've had like 30 in the past week. I would love to be a, a, a fly on the wall at the local poison control center in Mississippi. I would not like any of these jobs. Uh, now, it's obviously pretty frustrating to see people clinging to magic cures or treatments that somehow the world's top doctors and scientists have just looked over. They missed it. Uh, sorry, you guys are right. Couldn't have seen this coming. Yeah. All while vaccines do a great job at preventing serious illness and death and they're already widely available. They are waiting for you to come down and get the shot. Another thing these uh, ivermectin freaks keep saying is like, it actually works, but Big Pharma doesn't want you to know about it because it's, uh, it's, you know, it's been around long enough that it's no longer got the patent. So they, they want you to, I guess, get the free vaccine instead of paying. But the, the thing that's stupid about that is the main, one of the only companies that actually manufactures ivermectin anymore is Merck, who does not make a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So they're, they, right now, they're missing out on all this vaccine money. This would be a great opportunity for them yeah, yeah. to uh, be pushing their ivermectin as hard as possible. But for some reason, they're not. And they're explicitly telling people to please don't use this drug that we sell for this thing that you think you can use it for. It's also just fucking weird how this is the second time that people have openly embraced something made for animals to cure them of COVID. We all know that the animals, they get the best drugs. Yeah, they save it all for the animals. I got a whole drawer full of dog medicine just waiting for my next house party as soon as this pandemic's over. We're going buck wild. You've tried weed, but have you tried catnip? Oh, baby. No one ever thought to smoke catnip before I came along. And let me tell you, buddy, it gets you really fucked up. It's mostly just oxygen deprivation, but it's fun. You have to hold it in for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) But if there's one thing that we humans love doing... It's watching the self-destruction of others, yep. whether that's doom-scrolling the Herman Cain Award subreddit or checking in on the latest, arguably most dangerous viral trend in years. Viral. <laughs> we are uh, fascinated with watching people willingly put themselves in harm's way. So enter the Milk Crate Challenge, which is surging 
in popularity for what I would like to assume are two reasons. One, in nearly every instance, people are falling in ways that look extremely painful, and and that is entertaining. Yeah. There's entire like series. And most of them are doing dedicated it on grass, to it. at least. Some of them aren't. But you're falling onto the crates. Yeah, which also hurts. Yeah. Uh, but two. It's a challenge that, despite the very obvious risks, looks completely doable. Yeah, well, it's uh, what, like eight steps? <laughs> I've walked stairs before. Like, honestly, if there were no risk of injury, I bet I could do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way. Like, if I was 17 again, yeah, I would be like, I mean, yeah, I could probably do that. What's the big deal? Yeah. I'm not going to miss any work by falling on this. I, I, I work as a cashier. So I just sit there and ring people up. I mean, so if I'll, I, I'll do the challenge. If I had knee pads, elbow pads, and a helmet, like I would happily do this. Like, even the, even, even when, now, yeah. No, you need you need a full chest. Like the the a lot of the injuries I've seen online are all chest, stomach, and back related because people mm. fall and then fall. Yeah, they fall very awkwardly. They, they ragdoll like, crates and stuff. They ragdoll onto a pile of crates that are all plus just poking you would, up. And, need a neck brace to that because that could <laughs> completely. Uh, Debilitate you. You could lose control of your entire body. All right. Well, if I was, on if head, I was wearing that neck. suit that that guy designed to uh, fight bears with, yes. if I was wearing the bear suit, I would absolutely do this. <laughs> <laughs> Which would in, in turn make it a lot harder to complete. But yeah. anyways, um, you, when you look at this, you say to yourself, "How hard Easy. could it be walking up and down a series of ascending and descending milk crates stacked on top of, on top of each other?" But apparently, it's very hard. And uh, look, at this point, I'm not willing to try it. No. Uh, the results, as as we've seen, are very painful. So I saw, avoid this. I saw the best one I saw was this this queen. She did it in heels. Yeah, we talk about <laughs> that. There are some success stories. Yeah, just complete poise. Yeah. You gotta, you have to believe in yourself. Everyone that falls doing it's this, confidence. it's the moment of doubt at that last, the highest step. That's yeah. when they get psyched out, and that's when they involuntarily start shaking. It really is. It's uh-huh. like walking on coals. So yeah, it's almost like uh, it's like one of those county fair games based on athleticism where oh, it looks simple enough. Hey, babe, watch. Check this out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to win you that big teddy bear. Yeah. But yeah, it's designed for failure. It's like the one where um, it's tied to a thing at the top and it's a ladder, but you can't really get to the top because you have to balance both ways and it's uh, it, it's pinpointed here. So it's, it is possible, but also yeah. very hard. And it's, it's like designed that, uh, to look deceptively... The thing Hard. where people hang on the on the pole and uh, just hang on the pull-up pole and you have to hang there for like a certain amount of time. Yeah, it seems easy, but yeah. uh, they they wouldn't design this as something you could pay money to try if they didn't know they were going to turn a profit on it. And look, you do get a reward for trying this challenge. You get, in, in, you get views instead yeah, of money. You get clout. Yeah, clout. It's And it's very valuable these days. Uh, yeah, so there's no shortage of failure relating to this milk crate challenge. Uh, in video after video, we see people attempting and failing to survive the higher points of the stacked crates because the challenge is designed to get harder and harder the higher off the ground you are, which of course means that the falls are pretty much always from the highest, most destructive point in the challenge. Yeah. Um, these things are wobbly, especially on grass. and uh, But don't try it on a road. Don't take Elliot's advice and put it on a hard, flat surface. No. It's, it's just going to hurt even worse. Yeah, every milk crate on the way up is less and less stable because you're putting a a weighted object, your human body, on top of the same area of contact with the ground. And the higher up you are, the harder it is to balance yourself. Uh, it's sort of like Jenga, but you're the piece at the top. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's, decept- it's deceivingly simple, which is why people keep trying and failing to complete it. Also, because the videos of their attempts are getting absolutely massive views, regardless of the success or failure of the Dare the I say, challenge. the failure is far more entertaining yeah, no and one, would get more views. Who cares? Oh, he did it perfectly. Swipe. <laughs> um, yeah, the hashtag crate challenge and milk crate challenge, they already have reached over 70 million views. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, it sounds like we're talking this up. Don't try this. No. You have a very good chance of hurting yourself, and even a successful attempt, like I said, honestly less watchable. Yeah. Failure, much funnier. But how did this trend start, uh, and have there, I guess we answered the question already, there have been successful attempts. Yeah. Um, according to Insider, on August 1st, Facebook user Billy Joe posted two videos that appear to show him attempting to walk across the crates. Both times, the crates collapsed, with him falling and landing on his back. Combined, the two videos have over 750,000 views. On August 13th, Facebook user Kenneth Waddle shared the videos and tagged a user called Jordan Brown, suggesting that they imitate the actions in the video. On August 14th, Waddell live-streamed his and Brown's attempt at the crate challenge on Facebook, while Brown also posted a clip from the same live stream later that day. The videos showed the pair climbing on the crates before falling, with Brown's video amassing over 800,000 views and over 9,000 reactions on Facebook. We're viral. Mm-hmm. And from there, it spread, just like any other viral trend. People saw the amount of views that these videos were getting, and they jumped on board, resulting in tons of injuries and even coverage from major major news outlets warning parents about the dangers of the milk crate challenge. Do you know where your child is right now? It's, they could be attempting the milk crate challenge. It's been a little while, I and mean, it could be wrong, but it's been a while since uh, maybe it's because of the pandemic that I've seen like major news orgs be like, this dangerous new trend that has... Yeah. Like, because pe- kids haven't been together, they haven't been... Uh, For a while like there, I mean, uh, back, way back on the old channel, we had a whole video of, like, recent trends, like, 2014. And yeah. it was like, yeah, it was like every three months they were doing some dumb new shit. Even the... Putting condoms through their, their nasal cavities. Even the uh, seemingly harmless trends, like planking, have resulted in death. Yeah. That kind of ended planking pretty quick. But yeah, here's a... There's a dangerous new trend going viral on social media. But experts warn the unsafe trend, coupled with the overcrowding of U.S. emergency rooms due to COVID-19, could be a disaster waiting to happen. The milk crate challenge is very dangerous, and we are seeing many orthopedic injuries as a result of the falls. Dr. Sean Anthony, an orthopedic surgeon specializing in sports medicine at Mount Sinai in New York, told Today. Injuries can include broken wrists, shoulder dislocations, ACL and meniscus tears, as well as life-threatening conditions like spinal cord injuries. You're just making it seem even cooler. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, chicks dig scarves. Didn't this guy get the memo? Mm-hmm. How'd you get that scar? I felt I fell off a stack of milk crates. In Afghanistan. While rescuing refugees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you honestly have... You got to give it to Americans for embracing such a dangerous, pointless challenge during a time when emergency rooms and hospitals are already having issues, real serious issues, with capacity. Yeah. Uh... It's you do not want to have to be at a hospital for any reason right now, especially in the South. And as uh, was pointed out in the um, major news outlets, uh, the surgeries required to fix a lot of these injuries are listed under elective. So you probably won't be able to uh, fix any injuries that you get um, right away. Yeah, anything required. I mean, we uh, weekly weird a couple weeks back. One of the headlines was about a guy who got shot like six times. And was waiting for weeks to actually get the surgery to, like, fix his broken bones for Because they're just like, look, you can survive right now. It's not ideal. Got a lot of people in there. But we got more immediate issues. So, yeah, you being a fucking dumbass and breaking your wrist, they might just, like, give you one of those Velcro temporary casts. And just be like, I don't know. We'll call you in a couple of weeks when we got a bed ready for what it. What happened to your wrist? COVID. 
Yeah, and then it grows back all fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. Having said that, though, yes, there are at least two successful attempts that we were able to find, and in both videos, the participants are going above and beyond even the standard difficulty levels. Uh, one features the aforementioned woman completing the challenge where, while wearing heels. Yes. And another shows a man completing it while rolling a blunt. Yeah, so, so I think that's part of it. Like it's, taking your mind off of the yeah, um, yeah, focusing on something else to lower your heart rate and uh, yeah, or making the challenge because when you're walking on normal feet, it feels easy and it tricks your body. If you're walking on heels as a woman, you are already trained to walk more carefully. Mm -hmm. So there you go. that might be the trick. I don't know. Find out for yourself. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, we are not. <laughs> we are not advising. We're not saying this. No. YouTube. We are not advising these uh, people do this. Okay. No. Susan. We're not doing. We're that. joking. Yes. The videos are entertaining, though. They are. These people are willingly doing it to themselves. It's hard not to enjoy. They are. I mean, there's nothing I could say to stop. It's like watching Jackass. Did you see the one where a guy was like mid climb and then uh, <laughs> the kid kicked there, it? No, there. I didn't see that one. There but. was one where a kid kicked one of the crates out. There was one in a park. Uh, I think it was in like south side of Chicago. There, uh, a drive-by shooting happened in the middle of it. It's like Jesus. it starts off just like watching a guy climbing it, and then just shots pop. It, it's it's a crazy scene. Uh, anyways, uh, speaking of unnecessary injuries, though, the world's fastest accelerating roller coaster has been shut down because riders they just kept breaking their bones on the ride. And just for comparison, to kind of mentally grab on to just how fast this coaster is, we both rode the Ferrari coaster in Abu Dhabi, which is pretty far up there on the list of fastest accelerating coasters. Uh, according to Wikipedia, that coaster hits 149 miles per hour in about five seconds. Uh, the, the coaster here, yeah. this coaster, at the base of Mount Fuji in Japan is called Du Dadanpa, and uh, it goes from 0 to 112 in just 1.5 seconds. Oh, no. That's too fast. That's, it's very fast. I remember on the uh, Ferrari coaster, you know, there's other ones here in America that do, like, the fast acceleration. Yeah. I believe that one might still be the fastest top speed. Not sure. Either way, they made you wear fucking glasses so that in case something got in your eyes, you wouldn't be blinded yeah. forever. Yeah. It was very fast. So this is a lot faster. 1.5 seconds to 112 miles an hour. It's too a, fast. The blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, from Vice, since December, at least six riders sustained bone fractures after riding Du Dadampa, a roller coaster that goes at, quote, super death speed <laughs> in the country's popular Fuji Q Highland Park, the park operator said. Four of them said they broke their neck or back, a oh spokesperson God. for the park told Vice World News. The incidents alerted to authorities on August 17th are baffling officials. Uh, apparently, everyone in Japan is very confused as to why this is happening, with the ride's manufacturing company, quote, apologizing to injured customers, but also saying that they didn't know what caused the injuries. And there's also a local architecture professor who, quote, studies roller coaster designs that says that broken bones on coasters is unheard of. Yeah, how are they breaking these bones? Well, uh, once you find out the answer, it should be obvious. Okay. So, yeah, it might not be a mechanical problem with the ride itself. It just might be that you're going from 0 to 112 in less than two seconds. As Vice points out, at its peak, the ride's acceleration is more than three times the force of gravity. That's comparable to the G-force experienced by astronauts during a rocket launch. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, finally, the professor seemed to conclude the obvious. It was likely that people were sitting weird when the ride took off. That makes sense. Yeah, if you're leaned forward or you're tensed up in any way. Yeah, like imagine That's like sort of jerking. Uh, imagine looking to the left or like looking down, to yeah. like, like what you're buckled into. Yeah, and then you get 
rocket launched. Yeah. Like, you're going to slam your head back. Yeah, unless you're literally, like, chained to the seat. Which is how you should be sitting, yeah. but it's like... like With, like, a strap around your head. They yeah. need to start strapping people's heads back because it's, it's kind yeah. of unenforceable to control what people are doing in their seats on something that could very easily hurt you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, any other roller coaster that accelerates fast, like, you know, you feel it taking off and then you know to sort of get ready. Yeah. One and a half seconds to over 100 miles an hour, there's no time. There's no preparing for you're, that. You're getting punched in the face by gravity. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Not hard to imagine. Yeah, you're, you're getting slammed forward at three Gs with no time to adjust. You could definitely see some people getting injured happening in that scenario. That makes yeah. sense. You know what sucks? The older I get, the less uh, fun roller coasters are. I had like, I rode uh, specifically, like it was like the Viper at Six Flags Magic Mountain. That's a good one. And it's really old. So it's like, dude, it tosses you around so yeah, Viper, much. Viper, every time I've been on that one, it your head gets jerked side to side a little bit and hits the... Yeah, that one kind of sucks. Getting I, old The sucks. newer ones at Six Flags I like a lot. Like the, uh, what's it called, X Factor or something like that, where it's like you're basically on a gyroscope attached to a track. Yeah, yeah. There's also, uh, they redid uh, the Colossus, the wooden coaster. Oh, yeah. And now it's a mixture of uh, steel and wood. It's crazy. So it's, it's a wood coaster with, like, loops attached there, to it? There's one loop, I believe. Oh, I believe you go upside down once. It's it's actually horrifying. Yeah. I was, I, it's the one coaster that I've been on, and I've ridden like every, I wrote like King Ka in New Jersey, oh. all the extreme coasters, and Twisted Colossus, where I was like, I was on it and going, all right, I think I've reached my limit as far as like what I enjoy on a roller coaster, because it's like, you're strapped in like right here, you're not over the shoulder, and you're doing flips, and it's extremely fast, and it like, you still have that mental, like the visual aspect of being on a wooden coaster where things are happening that shouldn't be. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. It's wild. Six, the worst one in Six Flags, I think it's Goliath. That one literally knocks out like 10% of the people who ride it, including me. Well, there's a, there's like a G-force spin. Where you start section. losing yeah. like color? I, I've never fully blacked out, but I've, de I've definitely gone blind during yes. that part. I'm like, this is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because yeah. my eyes are literally getting pushed uh, enough into my head that like the optic nerve is getting cut off. Well, coasters are fun. I just can't do the old ones anymore. I throw you yeah. around too much. Uh, anyways, let's take a break from people hurting themselves and thank today's sponsor, which uh, doesn't aim to hurt you. It aims to save you some money from the comfort and relative safe safety of your own thank home. Thank God. As long as you're not stacking crates outside of your home. Thank God for safe sponsors. Uh, it's Honey. Now, we all shop online. And we've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you get to checkout, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Yeah, got a really good deal on, uh, it's not a Dremel brand name, but it's uh, a Dremel-like device that oh. uses uh, the battery system that I already have for yeah. other tools. And I got that thing for like $15 That's the other crazy. day. It was, it was insane with the little uh, adaptive pieces and everything like that. So it was, a, it was a great deal. I was happy to see it. Thanks, Honey. Honey's yeah. found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We would never recommend something we don't actually use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash itdaily. That is joinhoney.com slash itdaily. Now back into the news with a story about how one of the capital riders 
just couldn't help himself. This is a pattern I'm noticing. Ended up violating the conditions of his pre-trial release by risking it all. To do what, you might ask? Well, to watch Mike Lindell's Cyber Symposium. Worth it, totally. And this uh, person now claims that his relapse is due to an addiction to right-wing content. Oh, good. Uh, Douglas Jensen, who was one of the rioters caught on video chasing Capitol Police while wearing a QAnon shirt, was arrested shortly after the events of January 6th and had been in jail since uh, since then until recently uh, when he was given the ability to wait for his trial at home under house arrest. Now, one of the stipulations of getting to go home was well, he was banned from accessing the internet. Oh! And just like zero cool. Yeah. Well, it didn't take long for him to fuck that up. And like we said, he potentially gave his very small shred of remaining freedom away to watch Mike Lindell's live-streamed event from Law and Crime. On August 13th, a pretrial services officer allegedly discovered Jensen in his Des Moines garage listening to the news on a far-right video-sharing website akin to YouTube, the government claimed. When confronted about this obvious violation of his release conditions, the defendant provided his pretrial services officer with one excuse after another. Assistant U.S. Attorney Hava R.N. Levinson Morell claimed in a motion to revoke pretrial release. The government alleged that the defendant himself later admitted he was watching a cyber symposium regarding the recount of the presidential election by my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. Uh, goes on to talk about how and why he decided to access this content, claiming that the defendant had an addiction to right-wing content on the level of addiction suffered by drug addicts. Yeah. Um, with his defense attorney asking the court not to jail Jensen, but instead to treat this use of internet violation like a drug relapse. Mr. Jensen asked this court to give him another chance, the filing concluded. He will comply with his release condition to be evaluated and will further comply with any recommended mental health treatment plan. He asked this court to consider imposing a sanction short of revocation and incarceration pending trial. If a drug abuser relapses, there is typically a sanction protocol in place to help the person deal with his or her substance abuse issues. Mr. Jensen requests that this honor Honorable court treat his violation in a similar manner. I just can't get enough of that sweet, sweet content. You see uh, Trump in the same, uh, I believe the same speech where he got booed for suggesting that his followers get the vaccine. Boo. Yeah, yeah I love, I, I finally saw the Guys, video. I took the vax. You yeah. should do it. I got it. It's good. You should do it. A, a lot of you are dying. Boo. Yeah, it's there. Uh, it seems like Trump and the rest of the GOP is finally realizing that uh, killing off your base might not be the best political strategy. The craziest stat I saw recently, I don't know if we talked about this, but the number of people in Florida who have died from COVID is greater, and this was a month ago before even the, the surge got out of control. The number of people that have died in Florida is more than the margin of victory that Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis barely won mm -hmm. the governor's race. He won by like a few tens of thousands of people. And now more people have died of COVID in Florida than the number of people Ron DeSantis won the governor's election by. And you have to imagine, I mean, they're probably not all DeSantis voters. Yeah, I mean, you gotta give would... a little bit of a leeway to last year when it was yeah. like, there wasn't a vaccine. Uh, at the beginning, it wasn't initially politicized until yeah. like, two weeks later. But you, and Florida, lots of old people, you, but yes. You would think at this point, uh, the deaths aren't a 50-50 split. Yeah, and it's <laughs> accelerating. That yeah. There's more deaths now in Florida than there was at any point in the entire pandemic. And this is after a vaccine was released. The, Florida is the first state uh, where this current uh, spike is actually bigger than the one in December and January. Yeah. By like quite a bit too. Yeah. I'm, they won't be the last state, but they are the first to just completely blow the previous spike out of the water and make it look like child's I, play. I'm living in a constant state of hell 
worrying about my family. So yeah. not very fun. Anyway, another legal drama. Remember when Dr. Disrespect was inexplicably banned from Twitch, leading to months' worth of speculation that never really went anywhere? Yeah. Uh, well, the doc eventually set up shop on YouTube and continues to stream there despite not having a direct exclusivity deal like he had with Twitch. But the question seemed to always linger, what the hell happened? And how is this one of the most closely guarded secrets in modern entertainment history? It's weird. I, I remember it like once a month and I'm like, nothing ever Yeah, what leaked. the fuck? Yeah, it's like and, major movies, major media conglomerates have things legal. It just happened with uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Like someone filmed a computer and then someone filmed a phone that filmed a computer and leaked the trailer. So they had to rush the trailer out. Yeah. Uh, but like for some reason, the reason Dr. Disrespect gets banned from Twitch never saw the light of day. It's very strange. So yeah, yeah obviously there were plenty of rumors circulating. But back when it all went down, there were no leaks, no confirmations. And even the doc said that he had no idea what happened. So apparently, now he knows. Yeah. Uh, he's known for months, and he has publicly announced that he is suing Twitch over his suspension from the platform and the loss of his very lucrative contract. He made the announcement during a stream in character, and we don't want to risk showing someone else's footage here, uh, but uh, what? here's what he said, and we'll also leave a link below. There's a reason why I don't talk about it. I can't talk about this kind of stuff. A lot of people ask, do you know the reason? Yeah, I do know the reason why now. I've known for months now. There's a reason why, and I'll just say this right now, champs. There's a reason why we're suing the fuck out of them, okay? I don't know how else to put it. The amount of damages, and you just don't, nah. So, I mean, we'll wait and see if anything at all comes of this. Uh, it, look, he's in character, but this, he wouldn't, I don't think that he would be the type of person to say that he's, moving forward to the lawsuit against Twitch if he didn't mean it. Yeah. Um, but even if he is successful, uh, there could be an out-of-court settlement, which would keep whatever reasoning a secret, unless, I guess, Doc wanted to let everyone know why. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, so if he's filed a lawsuit, that should be publicly available information. So this, it sounds like he's just Or planning. he's in the process yeah, of suing. He, he has intent to file. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either they settle out of court and we don't find anything, or it goes to trial. And, we find out everything. And we find everything out. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, we, at this point, it's closer than ever, I guess, to hearing what it's happened. It's like, but, it's uh, so, like, it's not important, but it still bothers me every time I think about it. I'm like, just what the fuck was it? Yeah, it is. It was this huge deal for like a week, and we never got any That's the thing, is just like, it has no effect on my or anyone else's life. I don't even fucking watch this guy. It's a fucking mystery. It's a mystery. It's unsolved. I shouldn't care, but it upsets me in an age where I can find out any information I want on the internet. Yeah. I can't, I can't know what the hell went on with this. It's, it's nuts. It's maddening. And, and it was only made worse by everyone, you know, claiming or actually knowing the truth and not being able to say it because of the threat of further lawsuits. But like, the fact that like, in, if you, believe that a lot of people do know the reason. The fact that no one leaked it mm -hmm. after having heard what yeah. it was, even like under fake names or something like that or whatever, Very is, weird. it's strange. It is going to be on the like 2035 Netflix revival of Unsolved Mysteries and it's gonna be a great episode. Anyways, finally today, uh, we do have to give a, a shout out and, and to send our well wishes to an unlikely hero of the show, Violent J from Insane Clown Posse, who effectively announced uh, the group's retirement over the weekend while on stage at their annual gathering of the Juggalos. 
According to Violent J, he's been diagnosed with a heart condition that would make it too dangerous for him to keep performing as the group has been for nearly three decades. From the Detroit Free Press, with longtime music partner Shaggy Two Dope and his brother Robert Bruce alongside him on stage, Violent J said ICP will be scaling back its concert activity from here on out. That will include a farewell tour next year with dates in the US, Europe, Canada, and Australia, albeit at a lighter pace than normal for the longtime Road Warriors. Calling it a slow tour, Violent J said ICP will play three or four shows a week. <laughs> he said his doctors are, quote, not too amped on me doing shows, period, Ugh. but it's not a wise move to get out and play six nights a week with the heart situation. He also went on to say that they will most likely still do one-off shows here and there, but the days of full-on touring and performing are behind him. So, look, make sure you hug a juggalo if you see him this week and uh, send some good vibes to Violent J because we are sure that this was a very tough decision to make. I Yeah, I hope he's still not pushing himself too hard. Yeah, it, the world I, tour in his, general is... His speech at the gathering, he said that, like, he gets winded, like, walking from his house to his studio in his backyard, which sounds really bad. That That shouldn't be happening. So he's, and he said he went, when he got like the ultrasound on his heart, like it was like, you need to go home right now and just do nothing. So it sounds like it's pretty serious. I don't know if he's exaggerating. So the idea of like a farewell tour, I'm like, okay. Four nights like, a four week. Four nights a week. We're going to, we're going to downgrade from six nights to four nights. And, like, you, and they perform uh, like two hours straight. Yeah. They go fucking hard. It's a great show. And it's a very theatrical experience it, yeah. too. It's not just them rapping. So I, I mean, I, I'm just looking out for Violent J. I, I hope he's not pushing himself too hard. For his fans and his music, uh, I want I him, want him to stay alive for to as long alive. as possible for <laughs> yeah. his furry daughter yeah. and his potential furry grandchildren. Stretch it out as much as you need to, Violent J. Yeah, like, look, don't even worry about performing. But if you're going to, like, once a week. Yeah. Well, not four times a week across the entire world. But, like, that just shows the dedication and the love for his fan base, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you got to love Violent J. Yeah. So pour out a two liter of Fago or a mm -hmm. three liter of Fago. In his honor. Yeah. Make sure it's diet, though. So diet. It's not you don't want to get ants. Yeah. And definitely don't chug it while you're standing on top of a bunch of milk crates. No. Very dangerous. All right. That's it for this week's, uh, this week's, uh, today's episode. We'll be back for uh, Tech News Day, which uh, we got some some breaking news that you'll be interested in right before we film this oh, yeah. uh, for that episode. So be sure to check that out. And if you haven't already, subscribe, like, and go ahead and check out our most recent episodes of Weekly Weird News and News Dump over here. Check them out. Why not? Watch it again. Bye.